your Bibles with me to John chapter 1. Most of the scriptures I got tonight are in the New King James. It depends on what I'm talking about and where I want to go, but uh, we are going to start a brand new series tonight. I think right now it'll be a four-week series, so it'll probably end up in the new year, but we're going to call it Life and Healing Through the Word. Life and Healing Through the Word. And tonight's title, if you're taking notes, is Give Attention to His Words. Give attention to his words. And I'm actually, the Lord led me to take Proverbs chapter 4, uh, verses 20, 21, and 22, and we're basically going to line upon line cover an area each week. And that's how he told me to go ahead and present this. So it's a little different than I've ever done it before, but I believe it'll be good for us. Amen? All right. John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Now let's just dive in here a little bit, because we can read over this, and it's something we've heard so many times, and we kind of miss a few key points. Number one, in the beginning was the Word. So how far back? (laughs) In the beginning, right? Everybody say the beginning, right? The beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. All right? So what we see here is that God and His Word are inseparable. They are one and the same, okay? They are one and the same. Now, the Bible does help us break it down a little bit, but essentially, when we look at God's Word and we look at God, they are one and the same. You can't separate them. All right, it says clearly right there, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay? Now, verse 2, he says, He was in the beginning with God. Now, who's the He we're talking about? We're talking about the Word, right? Isn't that what we've been talking about? So we could read it this way. The Word was in the beginning with God, which coincides with verse 1. Verse 3, all things. Everybody say all things. Does that mean everything? Right? All means what? You've heard me say this before. If you try to dive into the word all and really dig deep, you know what you're going to find? It means all. (laughs) I mean, the original meaning means all. All things were made through him. Again, what are we talking about? The word, right? So we could read it this way. All things were made through the word, all right? And without him, again, who are we talking about? The word. So without him, or we could say without the word, nothing was made that was made. So let's read the whole thing that way, all right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was in the beginning with God. All things were made through the Word, and without the Word, nothing was made that was made. All right? The Word is what we're focusing on. All right? That's why we're talking about tonight about give attention to His words. His Word is everything. Everything. All right? Now, let's back this up a little bit. Uh, you don't need to turn here, but if you're taking notes, Hebrews 11.3. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed or created by the Word of God, 
All right, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So Hebrews 11.3 lines right up with what? Lines right up here with what we read in John 1, 1 through 3. It's all about the Word, the Word, okay? Now, if just to add one more scripture, just kind of put it in there. Hebrews 1.3, if you want to write it down. Hebrews 1.3 essentially tells us that everything that has been created is upheld by the power of God's Word, or the Word of His power. So that means everything we know was created by the Word, right? It was created by the Word, and it is upheld by the Word. Now, that word upheld, another word just to help you understand, a better word might be held together, uh, sustained, okay? Held together, sustained. So everything that has been created... The Word of God tells us was by the Word or through the Word of God, and it's all sustained and held together by the Word of His power. All right? So this tells us God's Word is powerful. God's Word is everything. God's, I mean, Scripture is telling us that God created everything. And he did it through his word. And not only did he create it, but how many of you know we're still here? Right? We can get out there with some of these fancy telescopes now. And believe it or not, they can see back in time. You say, well, how can they see back in time? Because there's time. Light travels. You know, it's moving. And so if they can look at something far enough back, they can actually look back in time. You're looking at a time differential. All right. When you're talking about millions and millions and millions and billions and billions and billions of light years away, there's a time difference. Okay, between there and here. All right. So, how many believe that the universe that God created is big? <laughs> it is big. I mean, it is so mind-blowingly big that our brain goes tilt at even remotely comprehending it. All right. And all that has to be upheld. How many of you know the sun's going to come up tomorrow? How many would agree? How many know you can bet on it? You can count on it, right? You could put your entire life savings down on a bet with some idiot who believes it might not come up tomorrow, and you'd come out on top, right? I am not promoting in any way, shape, or form betting, but I can guarantee you that that sun will come up. Why? God is faithful to his word. He never breaks his word. His word is so powerful that everything in the universe is held together. When these guys, when they plan to go to the moon or some of the other things that we do, you know how precise these things are? Now, for somebody like me, I might think it's like throwing something up in the air, hoping it sticks or something, you know? But with these scientists guys and their understanding of physics and, and math and so on and so forth, they can figure out exact times see it might look to us like the universe is chaotic but it's not it might look to us like even the area that we're in that we can see seems a little chaotic but it's not chaotic it is very precise it is like someone uh, who made a very very sophisticated clock that can do all kinds of things you know i mean i don't know if you have any of you seen those things where it can do many many things and it all is so precise. It's, it's like a work of art, you know? Well, what God created is like a work of art. It's, it's this master thing that every little minor thing that happens is exactly when it was supposed to in respect to 
uh, the general universe and things. Um, in other words, I remember them describing, wasn't it when they were going to, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember, I think it was in Apollo 13. Anybody see, I, 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 don't, I wasn't there watching this verbatim, but I saw the movie and it was excellent. But I remember w- watching a, uh, where they used a piece of paper against a basketball. And you know how thin a piece of paper is. I'm talking about real, real thin piece of paper. And they used a basketball, and they said this is where they need to come in. And they held the paper up against the basketball, comparing their landing spot and where they needed to be to the moon. That is that's just mind-blowing. I mean, something that thin, that precise. But it is that way. The reason it's that way is God created it. It's not chaotic. He knows exactly what he's doing. What we try to do, though, is we try to judge everything that God created by this messed up fallen world, and that's the problem. We live in a messed up fallen world that God created it perfect. He created it great and wonderful, but things changed, right, with the fall. And so with the mess that we have, we cannot judge everything else by it because it's been messed up, all right? And so with that being said, (laughs) I didn't mean to get off that much, We agree that everything we can see and touch was created by God's Word. How many would agree with me? Right? He created everything with His words. Now, listen to this carefully. When God speaks, He is not just communicating. All right? Like, we do that. We communicate all the time. When God speaks, He's not just communicating. He is creating or changing something. All right? Power is being released with every word of God. All right. Every word has power. So we need to think of the word that way. Again, as we said, spirit created the physical world. And God, when God speaks, there is life taking place. Okay. God speaks words that are life that become physical. Now, let me say it this way. If God can create or change things with his word, how many can agree? Right. Creation. We see him. We see him creating everything but we also see him changing things right remember what did he do he spoke light into darkness right he saw darkness nope that's not the way i want it to be and he said light be right so we see a chaotic mess and god speaks what he desires so we see god's creative power doing two things we see god's creative power through his word creating and we also see him changing okay Two things that are always happening with his word. Creativity or creative power being released and also changing power. Why did I say that? Well, again, we're talking about life and healing through the word. If God can create or change things with his words, he certainly can fix and heal with his word. And that's where I want to get to. He certainly can fix or heal. He certainly can create something you don't have or he could fix it. Right? Aren't there some people born without a leg? Well, do they need a leg healing or do they need a leg manifest? (laughs) I don't need to be healed. I need one. I mean, can God's word, his creative word, the power in his word, create a leg that didn't exist before? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you read the Bible... It's interesting, when you, when you read the healing uh, scriptures that talk about someone being made whole, being made whole, meaning something missing and now it's there. You know, somebody without an arm, for example, 
all of a sudden an arm grows where there wasn't one. That's being made whole. That is the creative power of God. At the same time, God could heal, meaning he could change the physical to what it needs to be, right? He can get rid of cancer, for example, that is uh, basically an alien thing in a body. And so he can remove that. So he can fix or repair, and he can also create, all right? I just want you to be thinking about these things as we're talking. So there's creative, active energy in every word of God to change something or create something that did not exist. Now, in Luke chapter 8, you don't need to turn there, but Luke chapter 8 and Mark chapter 4, and I believe in Matthew as well, I'm just not sure where, off the top of my head, Jesus tells the parable of the sower. Okay, anybody remember that? You know where he talks about there was a farmer guy, I'm paraphrasing, okay, he didn't say farmer guy, all right, but it's a farmer guy and he's sowing seed. Okay, remember? And he talks about um, what happened with that seed. Okay, he talks about how it was dealt with and how it was received and what it produced. And then later on, he described what he was talking about. In other words, he wanted to give the disciples an exact understanding of how he could relate to it. All right? Specifically, now, we know that you reap what you sow, period. So that, that process is pretty simple to understand. But he was talking specifically in Luke chapter 8, verse 11, if you want to write it down. He said... What was the seed in his, in his explanation of the parable? And he said, the seed is the word of God. Okay? I want everybody to say that with me. The seed is the word of God. So God's word is a seed, right? According to Jesus, we could say it's like a seed. It works like a seed. Okay? So God's word is like a seed or works like a seed. A seed contains everything in it to produce whatever the seed is. In other words, what's the purpose of a seed? Well, a seed is meant to be sown into good soil. And if it's watered, it will do what? It will produce a harvest after whatever type of seed it was. Well, during creation, back in Genesis 1, when we see creation... We see this term, everything after its kind. And then in Genesis 8, after the flood, when everything was wiped out and started over again, essentially, Jesus, I mean, Jesus, of course, Jesus was there, but I mean, he wasn't the one speaking. But we see in the Word of God that after the flood, we see, again, the principle of seed time and harvest. Or we could say the law, the spiritual law of seed time and harvest. Another way of saying that is the law of sowing and reaping. Okay, But what was the principle of that? Everything after its kind. Whatever is sown is exactly what will be reaped. Okay, Now, when we consider this, just in general, just talking out loud, if everything produces after its own kind... An apple seed produces what? Apples, right? A watermelon seed produces, right? We, we, we all understand that. It's a very simple thing to understand. Well, Jesus said that God's word is a seed. And it's meant to be sown in the soil of the human heart or the spirit of man, right? And it will produce whatever the seed was. Just like apple seeds produce apples. 
the word of God on healing produces what? Healing. The word of God on prosperity produces what? Healing. No. Doesn't, does it? In other words, the word of God in a particular area, Jesus said, is a seed. And so God's word in a particular area should be is meant to be sown. It's meant to produce after its kind. So the healing word of God produces healing. Now there's creative, active power available in God's word. When God speaks, as I said, he doesn't just communicate. He's actually releasing that power. So go in your Bibles real quickly with me. Psalm 107. Psalm 107, a very familiar scripture for some of you. Psalm 107, verse 20. By the time we're done this series, this will be one you know backwards, forwards, up and down. Psalm 107, verse 20. Remember, God's word is a seed and it's meant to be sown. And Jesus told us that he was talking about words when he was talking about sowing, speaking. Right now, everybody look at me for just a moment. Right now, I am sowing seeds. I'm sowing the Word of God. I'm sowing it. Now, how it will produce in your life depends on how you hear it. We're all on even. Uh, uh, we start out even, I should say. But it's up to you what you do with what you're being heard. If you just hear it tonight and say, well, Pastor, that was a wonderful message. I really appreciate that. And leave and just forget about it. Guess what? Well, little birds are going to come by and pick it right off the top because it didn't even get in your heart. It's just right on the surface. But if you will take what we're talking about tonight and you will be a doer of the Word of God, now you're taking it to the next level. And the goal is, again, in throughout this is to what? See a harvest in our life. See the Word of God produce, right? Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now, how did He heal them? He sent His Word. He sent His Word, okay? What's in His Word? The healing power of God. God's Word is a seed, that seed contains everything necessary to bring itself to pass. So but the Bible says he sent his word and healed them. He spoke, and in that the, the word of God that he spoke contained the power of God to cause that to come to pass. He sent his word and healed them. His word is filled with life-giving, healing power. Now, let's talk about the seed again for a moment. The seed does the work when placed in the right environment. For example, let's say I want to plant a watermelon seed because I want a big old juicy watermelon. All right? How many like watermelon? All right? How many like good watermelon, not bad watermelon? What I mean is, you know, something you're like, I just, you know. I mean, talking about juicy, sweet, all right? Now, I am no expert farmer, but I know this, okay? That I gotta have good soil, all right? Can't be rocky and all messed up, so I gotta have good, rich soil. And so I dig out an area, I get down there, you know, however far I wanna go, um, and I'm gonna put that seed in there, and then I'm gonna cover it up, and then I'm gonna water it. Now, do I have to do anything from there to see that produce? What if I dig it up just to see if it's working? I could hurt it, couldn't I? Right? 
But if I just let the seed do what it's supposed to do, will it produce all on its own? It doesn't need me to do anything. You see, God already healed you. He already took care of it. And he put that healing power in the form of his word. And what you have to do, though, is plant the seed of that word in your heart. All right, You've got to get it down on the inside of you and allow it to do its work. When I look at that, I don't have to go, come on! I don't have to cheer it on, do I? Come on, watermelon seed! Woohoo! I believe in you! See, it looks ridiculous, right? Why? Because the seed has everything it needs. It's got the soil and it's getting some water. Just leave it alone. Let it do its work. You see, a lot of times we are looking for an ABC formula. We're looking for the thing that will help us get from here to there. When what we need to do is let God do its work. But we do have to do our part with the Word of God. Okay. First of all, is that seed going to do any good if it's not sown? (laughs) In other words, if your Bible's over here with the healing power of God just sitting there, is it doing you any good? Right? It's not. I mean, there's a lot of Christians that hear this kind of thing all the time, these kind of messages, and and still don't get it because they think somehow it'll happen by osmosis. Man, I went to church and I heard the Word of God. And somehow they think it's just going to get in them. But that is not the way it works. We're going to look at how does it get in us over the next four weeks. So guess what? You have to listen to week after week. okay? But it all starts with what we're talking about tonight giving attention to his word so the seed does the work when placed in the right environment good seed sown in good soil always produces a good harvest of whatever it was that was sown all in its own but seeds as we said are dormant until they're placed in the right environment even though there's all that power potential even though the seed contains all the life and the power to develop what type of seed it is nothing's going to happen until it's sown Nothing is going to happen until it gets inside us. There's great potential in any seed. I always get overwhelmed. and We have a big old oak. It's annoying in front of our house. Because that thing sheds acorns and leaves. And I mean, it sheds all the way to March, man. I mean, that thing, it's like it keeps on growing leaves. It's like you look up and... And then... There's still a bunch up there. I mean, tons. And it just it's a never-ending thing. It's a big tree. It's a massive tree. It's a strong tree. But when I look at some of those acorns, I look at that little thing and I think, look at the size of this thing. And I read one time in an oak tree, they can have roots laterally 90 feet away. I mean, it could be much bigger underground than what you see. That's why that thing ain't going anywhere in any storm. I promise, that oak I got, I mean, that thing is... It is enormous. It's not going anywhere, you know. But it all came from that little seed, that little itty-bitty seed. Think about that for a moment. Once the seed, though, is sown, that life goes into action. So God's Word is a seed with tons of potential, but that power is completely dormant until the seed is sown. Now, you don't need to turn here, but if you want to write it down, Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful. Everybody say it with me. The word of God is living and powerful. So the word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's living. 
Listen to me carefully. There is no word of God void of power. There's no word of God that's empty. There's no word of God that's powerless. All right? The word of God has the power of God contained in it, in that seed. I was looking at a couple of different versions just to get some different words when it comes to alive and powerful. And uh, the uh, American Standard Version said the Word of God is living and active. I like that, living and active. The Amplified Version, I really like this. Listen to this. The Word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. Man, that is powerful. The Word of God is active, operative, energizing, and effective. Young's literal translation says the Word of God is living and working. It's living and working. Let me ask you a question again. Let's get back to the seed, my watermelon seed in the ground. Remember the one we were cheering for a little bit ago? That seed, okay, is in the ground, okay? Now, let me ask you a question. Even though I can't see anything, is it working? So if I plant the seed of God's Word in me, and I don't see any change, does that mean it's not working? It's working. See, the problem is, and this is what a lot of Christians do, is they would never dig up the watermelon seed to see if it was working. Okay? But they dig up the seed they put in their soil to see if it's working. How do they do that? They look in the mirror to see if there's any changes. They go to the doctor and the doctor says, no, you're, you got the you know, blank, blank, blank. Okay, yes, sir. After all, the doctor's words are the words of God. You know, That's how we treat them. What I mean is we look to the natural. We look to what we can see, what we can feel. That's digging up that seed to see if it's working. No, trust God that the same principle of seed time and harvest that will grow that watermelon from that seed, if I just leave it alone, is working inside me even though I can't see it and I can't feel it. Eventually I will. Eventually, one day I'm going to walk by my watermelon. I was going to say patch, but that seems broad for one watermelon. But I'm going I'm to walk by and... My watermelon's in the ground somewhere, and all of a sudden, this little green thing just pops up. Little, little leafy-looking thing. And I'm like, by George, it's coming up. Now, it's got a long ways to go, doesn't it? <laughs> it's getting a long ways to go. But I see some of it. See, that's what's going to happen in you when you put God's Word in you. But you have to give it time. That didn't happen overnight. And see, a lot of times, we're expecting right now, you know. Everybody's expecting a miracle, and they're confusing God's healing power, His general healing power with a miracle. Listen to me carefully. You have the Word of God on your side. You have God on your side. And He is your healer. Okay, And He bought and paid for healing through Christ for you. But a miracle is not the same. A miracle is God at His own decision, His own discretion, His own sovereign choice to give someone a miracle. You have no promise in the Bible that says, I can have a miracle. But you do have promises that say you can achieve by faith whatever it is you desire, like healing, prosper, whatever, the, you fill in the gap. That's available to all of us. But the miracle thing, people are looking to that. You know why they look to that? 
because they don't have to do anything. <laughs> they don't have to do anything. God did it all on his own. So they see someone, for example, an evangelist, pray for somebody who walks right out of a wheelchair. That's what I want. That's what I want. But see, <laughs> listen to me. God wants you to put your big boy pants on and believe him. Trust him. Amen? I can always get my healing through his word. I'm not guaranteed a miracle. That's why he wants us to walk by faith in his word. We can always get that to work. But I can't always get him to do it a certain way. That's like you heard me Sunday. Don't tell God what to do. <laughs> he can do it how he chooses to do it. Amen? When it comes to healing, don't limit God. What I mean is, listen to me, my wife, I'll give you an example. My wife, uh, years ago, had to go in for some surgery that was, you know, semi-serious, and where they were proposing the surgery. And so I looked to my wife, and I said, well, what can you believe? I said, can you believe God for total restoration and healing without the surgery? Or can you believe God that God will work with the surgery? You get it? And you'll have complete success through the surgery. See, a lot of people put God, it only can be one way or the other. It's all or nothing. Well, you might not be there yet. You might not be that mature yet. So how many believe that doctors are a good thing? There'd be a lot of dead Christians without them. Right? And so why can't I, I say, Lord, this is what I can believe. I can believe in your healing power and that you will work through the doctor along with your healing power, and the two together, I will come out 100%. And so we did. She said, I can believe that. I can believe, God, that I could have a surgery completely successful. And we went one step beyond that. We said, not only will it be super successful, but you will heal rapidly, supernaturally rapidly. That's exactly what happened. My wife was leading worship one week after she had the surgery. I don't even think it was a full week. I think it was just a few days. I mean, and, and she shouldn't have been doing that according to what everybody said. You know, the reality is, though, believe God, believe his word first and foremost, primarily, and then work with everything else. You know, a lot of people think, well, I heard the message of faith on healing, so let's throw out my medicine. Well, that's stupid. Say, Pastor, should I throw out my medicine if you have to ask me? No. I mean, if you have to ask me that question, no, don't throw your medicine out. You know what I'm saying? Right? Because, I mean, if you... <laughs> people do some silly things, guys. Listen, God didn't say throw your head out. Right? I'm going to believe God for my finances, so my wallet, I'll just throw it away. You know? Well, you're a moron. You better go get that wallet back. And in other words, listen to me. God is your supplier. He'll take care of everything, but he won't pay the bills for you. He's not going to manage things for you. You get what I'm saying? You're in charge of your life, believe it or not, in the sense that you manage your life. Right? God is not taking care what kind of tie you wear. You know, he's not concerned about that kind of thing. He's concerned that you put his word first, right? That you honor him, but you're managing things. You know, what you should do is go to the big boss and say, hey, do you think I ought to, I, I'd like to vacation here. And Lord, is that okay? Is that timing okay? Is that place okay? Don't you think you ought to do that? How many of you know the Lord knows what's going to happen in that place at that time? So why not get him in on the picture? I don't know how many things in life I have avoided 
by simply going to the Lord and letting Him be Lord of my life and asking His opinion on things before I just went and did them. Boy, there's a lot of people that signed their dotted line. Should have prayed first because, man, they regretted it afterwards. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Everybody say, oh, me, because you all done it sometime in your life. You know, you're like, dear Lord, why didn't I do that? It's like the brand new car. Smells really good for the first three months, but after the fourth payment, the smell goes away. (laughs) And I like new cars, don't get me wrong. But All right, so the Word of God is living and working. Jesus said this in John 6, 63. He said that my words are spirit and they are life. Are you guys seeing a, a picture here, okay? We get some things going on with God's Word. God's words are not ordinary. His words are alive and powerful. And again, there's enough creative power in God's Word to create or change any circumstance. The Word of God, as we said, is a seed that will produce after its kind. The Word of God on healing is a seed that produces healing. But in order for that healing seed to go to work, it has to be sown. And as we said, what's the soil? Well, that is the heart of man or the spirit of man. And again, what did God do when he wanted to heal them? When he wanted to release his power, remember Psalm 107.20, he sent his word and healed them. So that word, the word of God, contains the healing power of God. Let me say it this way. When that word or seed is received into the soil of the heart of man, it releases that healing power and produces a harvest of healing just like, just as simple as that watermelon seed will produce a watermelon if I sow it, pack it up nice and water it. It will produce. Will the word of God, will that thing fail to produce? Not likely unless someone digs it up. Unless someone messes with it, the Word of God's the same way. If you'll just sow it, and it starts with what? It starts with attending to His Word. Attending to His Word. Proverbs 4 tells us that, if you want to write it down, Proverbs 4.20. Attend to the Word of God. Now, I was thinking of that word attend, because that's not something... Like, I don't call Larry up and I say, Larry, um, would you um, attend to the mowing here? That would be a little weird thing for me to say, you know. That's not a word we use all the time. So what I did was I, I want to give you some other words just to help you, okay, to, to see what the Bible's talking about when it says attend to his word. So I want you to think of words like absorbing, concentrating, immersing, mindfulness, thinking on, observing, studying. In other words, what am I doing? I'm stopping from focusing on something else, and I am attending to the Word. I'm not distracted. See, this is, how many would agree our world is filled with distractions? Ah, oh, dear Lord. There's distractions everywhere, all the time. And not only, not only do we have it all the time, whether it be through sources of media, we all carry these fancy smartphones in us. And they're so smart, they bug us. They're so smart, they're always, knock, 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 I'm here, pay attention to me, look at me, look at me. And so every little ding on our phone, what do we do? I mean, you ever walk around the mall, if you go to the Tulsa Mall, I don't know about this little one here, but if you go to the you know, Woodland Hills Mall, you just watch people like this and almost walk into something. And everybody's doing it like we're drones, 
like we're 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 just automatons just just this is ruling my life and you know i'm thinking are you looking at a map trying to figure out where to go because they're, you're not stopping, you know. You ever seen a group of teenagers? You can have eight or nine of them at a table. And everybody's on their phone. No one's talking. Then you'll find out, no, this one is texting that one. Why don't you just talk? <laughs> they're right there. I mean, we got a whole generation that can't communicate. They just can't talk adult. They just stood there. <laughs> Let me get my phone, you know. Now, you know, that's sad. I mean, they don't know how to talk to anybody. I mean, my son was that way, but when he came back from the military, that changed. Wow, was he changed. I mean, he, he, he went to boot camp, and before boot camp, man, I had to do everything for him. And what I mean is he would drag me, Dad, will you come here and help me do this? Dad, will you help me do that? Dad, will you help me do this? And, you know, he had been probably a year out of high school before he went to boot camp, you know, and I was involved in a lot or he would get me involved in a lot when he came back from boot camp i remember we came back i helped take care of his uh his financial stuff while he was gone and when he came back we went to the bank and we sat you know with, with the woman in the an accounting thing what we're going to do is just kind of cut me off from things so he was dealing with things directly i didn't need to be in there anymore so i figured i would have to do all the talking and he would just say yes that's true yes that's true Instead, he jumped in there with authority. With, I'm like, I looked at him thinking, where'd you come from? I mean, you know, he talked like an adult and he took control and he was polite and he was, you know, even, even had some snappy comments that were funny. And I'm, I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, that did some good. Listen, God tells us in Proverbs 4, again, to give attention to His words. So we're to absorb it, concentrate on it. Think about it. Immerse yourself in the Word. Put the phone down. I know it's hard, but turn it off. Don't just put it down. Turn it off and remove every distraction from you and attend to the Word of God. Stop what you're doing and focus on the Word. That is point number one in our four-week thing. Stop and attend to the Word. Why? Because the Word of God is the power of God for your healing. It has the creative ability to change things. But nothing will happen unless you attend to His Word. You have to do that step. In other words, what you're doing is making the Word of God your absolute highest priority. It is absolutely the highest thing. It trumps everything. It trumps everything. You live by the Word. You breathe the Word. Proverbs 4.22, let's look at one last scripture. Proverbs 4.22, and this is what we're, we're really going to sink our teeth into because we said God's word is life, right? Proverbs 4.22, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Now, the subject, if you'll look at verse 20 and 21, are God's word, right? It's attending to his word, listening to his word, uh, thinking on his word, not letting his word uh, depart from your mouth, your heart, and so on. Well, then we could say it this way, for God's word, uh, or God's word, is life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Another translation says medicine to all their flesh. So God's word is life and health. God's word. This scripture literally tells us that. But the thing is, just because God's word is life and health to us doesn't mean it's going to do any good. 
For example, you get a prescription from your doctor. And let's say you have a particular whatever, and he says take three of these for seven days, and it'll take care of the problem. You know, no big deal. It's a standard problem. How many of you know in that little bottle when you went to the pharmacy has all the power to change things, right? The doctor told you what to do. You went and grabbed the medicine. And in that medicine, it has the power that if I'll do it. But see, that's the key. I got to what? I got to do it. I have to act on it. I have to do what the word of the doctor says with that medicine in order for it to do anything in my body. See, we understand that when it comes to that, but we forget about it when it comes to the word of God. We don't place a high priority on the word of God. People will never miss their medication. God forbid that would happen. Never miss certain things, but they'll let go of the word. They'll skip a few days of the word. And see, you can't do that. You can't live that way and expect this to work. You've heard me say this before, and I'll end with this. Brother uh, Kenneth Hagin Sr. tells a story back in the days when he was traveling and and, uh, uh, way, way back where, you know, before we had all the communications we had now, they had a phone, but they probably wouldn't use it, you know, because it costs so much for long distance and stuff. They'd still do a lot of letter writing. Everybody know what that is? You know, know what letters are. So his daughter was having an issue with something, and the school nurse wanted it uh, resolved. And so the wife didn't know what to do, so she uh, wrote to her husband, who was out on the road. She basically explained what was going on. And so Brother Hagen gets the letter, and he reads it about his daughter, and he doesn't do anything with it, okay? What he does is, before he's ever going to pray, now you guys need to hear this and hear it with ears that hear Before he ever prayed. See, what's the first thing we would do? Think about it. Come on, be honest. You'd zip out of prayer so fast. In Jesus' name, I'm going to use the power of God and I'm going to cast that out and da 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 da. Right? Now, here he is, the man of faith and power, Brother Hagin Sr. himself. He understood faith better than most people in this world. Okay? He understood the principles of faith. He does this he had his meetings in the daytime. So at night, what he would do is he would had a little routine where he'd listen to the news a little bit on the radio. He'd turn the radio off, and he hopped in bed. And what he did was he had every healing scripture in the Bible marked. And so what he did was he would sit there, and he would go through all of them. All right? Just in one sitting, all of them. All right? He said he had most of them memorized already. He already knew them, but he just decided to, you know, eyes and ears and he would confess them and he would go through all of them and then what he would do is he would go to sleep for an hour and then he would get up an hour and he would do it again then he would go to sleep for an hour and he would get up an hour and do it again and he would do this all night long he hasn't prayed yet now what is he doing how does faith come by hearing and hearing what is he doing he's he's filling his faith tank up He's not just spewing something out, guys. Where does faith come from? The Word. Where's the power from? The Word. But sometimes you're spewing stuff out and you're not full of the Word. You're not full of the creative power of God. You're just spewing out things out of your head, not your heart. You understand the difference there? One thing is just out of your head, just head knowledge. Another thing is your heart is full of the Word of God. Remember, where does the seed go? 
into the soil of the heart of man to produce, right? So he did that all night long. He'd sleep an hour, get up, go through it, sleep an hour, get up. And he did it all night long. And then he went and preached the next day. Minister did all he did. At the end of the day, he listened to the news a little bit. <laughs> he turned the thing off and he did it all over again. Another night of doing this. On and off, on and off, all night long. All right? Then he prayed. And guess what happened? Things changed. He got exactly what he prayed for. Things were working. But my point is, we jump too fast. See, we need to understand the power's in the Word. The power's in the Word. The power is not in what you believe. Do you get the difference? Believing, how many believe in God? Well, congratulations. So do the devil. So do demons. Whoopee, ding dong. (laughs) I'm glad you believe in God, but there's a lot of things to believe in God. Everything that was ever made believe in God, right? They're here because of God. (laughs) I mean, what I'm trying to say is it's faith in God's word that will produce but you've got to get that word inside you. It's just not a matter of, oh, I know this and I just spew it out. We're too quick with our words like that. When you really want your faith to work, fill your tank up first. Get in the word of God. Attend to the word of God. So what I want to do for you real quickly here, if you could pass uh, these out over there, and if you wouldn't mind hitting up a few of the people over here real quickly. I'm going to give you something to help you attend. Here's your weekly assignment till next Wednesday. (laughs) All I'm giving you is some scriptures to attend that go along with what we talked about. And there's only one, two, three, four, five, six of them there. But all these scriptures will help you develop faith in God's Word. Help you develop faith in the creative power of God. Uh, Proverbs 4.22 at the top. For they, God's words, are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh, medicine to all their flesh. You got, uh, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. If you go down to uh, Mark 1, I love this story, Mark 1, verse 40. And a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can make me clean, he said. Now, the question is what, if you're willing? The man knew Jesus had the power of God to heal. That was not the question. The issue is, will you heal me? There's a lot of Christians out there that don't hear the word of God like you're hearing, and they don't know that that word will work for them right now in this lifetime. They don't have to wait to heaven, wait till we get on the other side or the other side of Jordan or whatever nonsense they're hearing, or hearing that you never know what the Lord will do. He's a big mystery. No, he's not. It's all right here. He's not a mystery. Okay, and he, now look what Jesus says, verse forty-one. Move with compassion. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing. Now this is what happened, guys. When that, when Jesus told that man, "I am willing," that guy's faith lit up so fast. Why? He knew he had the power of God to heal. He just needed to hear that he was willing to hear him. Now look what look what the Bible says. Jesus said, "Be." healed now what happened when jesus said those words be healed they're a seed right that guy's heart was ready i mean that that guy see this wasn't jesus overriding something no matter what the guy thought 
We get those kind of weird thoughts. No, this guy was like, he said, why would he have gone to Jesus if he didn't want to be healed? So when Jesus said, I am willing, his faith was ready. He had an area in here, good soil, and it's ready, watered and ready to go. Jesus says the word, be healed, in those words are the power of God. That guy received it, boom, done. Now, does it take a long time for the word of God to work? No, but see, the problem is the Word of God has to work through all your junk, all your words that are negative, all your negative thoughts, all your doubtful thoughts, because you're so caught up in what you can see and what you can feel. And so we have to work through all that. That's why it seems to take a while. But the Word of God in itself has enough power. Boom. I mean, be healed. Boom. It's done. Amen? I'm the Lord who heals you. Anyway, what I'm doing is giving you this, guys, just so you can concentrate take time and just say every day a few times a day i'm going to take these verses and i'm just going to confess them over and over i'm just going to meditate on them i'm just going to say them over and over but do it every day everybody say every day does everybody know what that means that means we don't we don't do it you know tomorrow and then skip friday saturday sunday monday oh man wednesday's coming around the pastor's going to ask me so i better shove it through there that means every day means every day are you serious about this? Do you guys want to see the power of God work in your life as far as healing's concerned? Right? Oh, now you should be more excited than that. A lot of you got a lot of things you need to get rid of. A lot of things going on. And you see, if we'll, if we'll take it serious about this, this stuff is done in my body. I don't have to put up with that nonsense. I don't have to put up with aches and creaks and Anything the doctor could diagnose. I don't, have, I don't have to put up with that. But see, it takes us getting serious about the Word. Everybody say, give attention to His words.